Hello, and welcome to Don't Pee on Your Leg and Other Scientific Misconceptions, where every episode we discuss some scientific misconceptions, and we hope that you learn something you didn't already know about the world. I'm here with my co-hosts, Margaret. It's fall still. Hansley Burton. And joining me is my co-host, Camden. Candy corn's great, and I refuse to admit it. Hanslick Burton. And joining us for a record-breaking second time beep, 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 beep. is our guest host, Jordan Beta 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 Prohuska. <laughs> I'm back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the show. show. Jordan, thanks for joining us again for a second time. Uh, for folks who may not remember you all the way back in episode three, uh, tell people at home what they're getting. Yeah, I would recommend you go back and listen to episode three. And Camden, as I talk about myself, can you play Battle Him of the Republic behind me? I'll hum yeah. it. I'll hum it. Here we go. <clears throat> go ahead. My name is Jordan Prohaska. I'm a science teacher. I'm a friend of Camden and Margaret, and I'm happy to be here. The end. I love that. I also love that you put on an old union cap <laughs> during that entire part. Of course. Didn't know you owned one. <laughs> yeah, we're really excited to have you. As I think we mentioned on, our, on the third episode, we all lived together for a year. It was a great year. The game, Game of Games, was invented during that year. Yeah. Really important. Um, game of games is when you just combine two or more games into one game. So, for example, we did Trivial Pursuit and Jenga. So, if you got a Jenga question wrong, you had to take block out, etc. So, and a lot just of great stuff from that year. Yeah, and so people also know that we have a fourth special guest host. Yes, we do. If we can yeah. all hold our silence for a second, that. Who is that, Jordan? <laughs> That's Louie the dog. That's my dog, Louie. He's he is perfect. snoring under the table right now. <laughs> he is. He's perfect. He is very soft and has human eyes. <laughs> so, no other transition better than <laughs> something we're excited about this week. Before you do that, yeah. can I just say, your show is so amazing, you guys. Stop. Oh. It's so good. Um, from... Episode three, when you can barely even understand or hear it, <laughs> or today, it just sounds it's so professional, Thank and it's you. so educational, Ugh. and I can't believe you let me come back. Of course. Um, I ran into Doug. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Who was on a couple episodes ago, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I ran into him, and he was like, did you, get, did you get the shout out to the podcast that you got? Like, you got a shout out. Oh. And I was like, no, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, I was on Camden Margaret's podcast. Mm -hmm. And you got a shout out. And I think the reason you guys started a podcast <laughs> is so you can find out who's really listening. <laughs> I feel like you're actually doing shout outs to be like, is Jordan actually mm -hmm. listening? <laughs> so that you say thank you. Uh -huh. Yeah, and you caught me because I didn't hear it. It's all a passive aggressive yeah. effort. To but I went see. back and listened. And I just want to say, shout out to Corey Cummings. Oh, yeah, good idea. My boy, if you're listening to this right now, text <laughs> us in the next week or mm -hmm. you are dead to me. The greatest part about that is I don't know if this is dropping for like two weeks. Yeah. 
So Corey's in a real lose lose situation here. <laughs> but not really, Corey. Text. Text. Text us. Text us all. Dead to all of us. Yeah. All of us. I'll give you two weeks, though. Mm, I'm no? still with Jordan. Okay. We'll right. see how it goes. <laughs> um, well, now we can really get excited. Uh, Margaret, what are you excited about this week? Oh, my goodness. So last night we did a thing that we don't normally do, and we went to a show that started at the late, late hour of 10 p.m. That reminds me of Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. Yellow. There's yeah. only been two times in my life I've purposefully tried to like start something after 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. and wasn't already like out. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time ever was because Jordan woke us up at like 11 p.m. Remember this? No. And I he remember. said he invited us to a concert at like 11 p.m. Oh, yeah. And we Robert Francis concert. Robert, that's right. And we went and it was we, fun. Yeah, we were at home and we were like not feeling it. And Jordan, all he had to do, if this dates this time a little bit, he sent YOLO to us. <laughs> and then we felt bad we, and old, so we came out. I, and we were only 22 then. We were yeah. like, I wanted you guys to come to that, I remember. But I also, one of the reasons I wanted you to come is... I felt so bad because like no one was there at mm-hmm. his show and mm-hmm. he's so good mm-hmm. and I just wanted like fill up the audience yeah. a little for him. So we were just a warm, we were just two warm bodies to you. But then I met him and never meet your heroes. He was oh. not very nice oh, to yeah. me. Oh yeah, he wasn't. I'm sorry. I, I think, remember. Yeah. Did you take a picture bad. with him? He's probably having a bad day. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. no one came to his show. Exactly. But anyway, so last night we we did it again. Yep. Um, we took a two-hour nap in the daytime so that we could be ready to go out at 10. Um, and we went to the ACT Theaters. I should look up the actual title. Um, I think it's, it's the Terror. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, um, oh. it's the so it's a drag show, basically. Mm. Um, and it... Well, it's not just a drag show. It was a drag show with burlesque, with dancing, with like. Also, it's a show. It's like, a show. It was like, yeah, it was a really a good show. And... Yeah, it's called "Beware the Terror of Gaylord Manor." That's what it's called. It was um, with Ben de la Creme. It was with um, all these amazing local drag queens and uh, dancers and burlesque performers. It was so so well done. Yeah. Funny. Yep. Everyone was so talented. Um, yeah, I had a really, really, really good time. So I'm glad that I stayed up. It was well worth it. And I would love to go again. So it was really fun. Didn't even get done until midnight. No, it didn't. We were very brave. But we benefited from the extra hour of sleep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Because that's... Fall back, baby. Is that what you're excited about, Cam? (laughs) Yeah. I'm... Actually, I'm not. I... Living up in Seattle... He has thoughts about it. Well, we all know. Mm -hmm. It gets... I think the sunset last week was like 5.50 p.m., which now means the sunset is 4.50 p.m. Mm-hmm. This is just that time of year where you go to work, it's dark. You come home, it's dark. And mm-hmm. it just, this is when like the seasonal, the sad um, comes out, the seasonal affective, disorder. what is it, disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not great, but great to have one day of extra sleep. Can I play the moment that made you the saddest today? Yeah. Okay, so this was Camden this morning. I'll see if it plays. Alexa, when is sunset? Seattle, Washington's local sunset will be at 4.48 p.m. <laughs> Camden yeah. got so sad when That was asked the first you. thing I asked Alexa this morning. <laughs> oh, also, Alexa, play Pony by Genuine. 
that that's just for anyone who might be listening to this on speaker in their house. <laughs> you got him. Got, got him. Jordan, what are you excited about? My wife comes home. Yay. Um, Shout out to Shinri. She's been in Korea for two weeks mm-hmm. visiting family, and I am extremely lonely mm-hmm. so thanks for coming and yeah. talking to me <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i've talked to anyone it's just been me and louie the dog mm-hmm. louie's been getting more and more obsessed with me mm-hmm. um just staring at me when i'm in the restroom <laughs> staring at me when well, you I'm doing anything um so i think louie's ready for jenry to come home as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that'll be really exciting yeah you're living the bachelor lifestyle mm-hmm yeah. Just eating Fake Cheerios. Mm-hmm. Cheerios every night for dinner. Yep. I mean, nothing wrong with that. I love yeah. it. And if you listen to the last episode, you'll find out if Cheerios really give you a lot of, if that extra sugar really does make you hyper or it doesn't. Spoiler alert, Margaret. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. And that's my seamless transition into the misconceptions. Wow. Well done. Um, this is, ooh. Yeah. So, yeah, it's gotten a lot better. Today. It's so effortful. <laughs> effortful. Um, well, every episode in the scientific uh, sec in the scientific misconception section, uh, we will share, explain, and discuss a scientific misconception. Um, as a note, as always, each co-host researches their misconception on their own, brings it to the podcast, so that no other co-host has heard it. Um, this is so that everyone gets to listen alongside. Uh, the listener, it feels like a discussion, and it doesn't feel like anyone else needs to have prepared some very smart research so that everyone feels like they know what's going on, mm-hmm. um, and we just have a good time. So like always, oh we got to decide who's going first. We've sort of fallen into a lull of rock, paper, scissors. Jordan, we need yeah, you to break us started, out of it. I know, we started that, though. Yeah. Oh, God, that's, that's a real <laughs> so lull. I feel like we still need to do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Especially we, because... I heard student has become the master. Oh, yeah. I taught you the trick. So this is going to take four hours. Because <laughs> we're both just going to keep just hitting the same thing. Okay. Over, like, the algorithm in our brain just mm-hmm. breaks. Okay. So let's do all three at the same time and then see who gets knocked out. Yep. Yep. Is that right? Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Yep. Right? Rock, Rock paper, scissors, shoot. Jordan's out. Rock, Rock paper, scissors, shoot. shoot. Ah, ah. You, dang it. That was the trick I was trying to remember. Can you tell yeah. the, quickly the two rules, Jordan? Oh, yeah. So Jordan lost first on scissors, and Margaret and I threw rock. Mm-hmm. And then I threw paper, and Margaret threw rock again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jordan, can you explain the, the strategy behind that again? That I, totally I don't even went. remember what I said. It's in the well, Doug episode, but it's rock, right? I, people, people always throw scissors, I think throw you said, scissors. first. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was... You hoping felt. that you guys knew mm-hmm. I was going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then go back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, once someone knows it, the whole kind of algorithm goes yeah. out the window. So is the order Camden, me, Jordan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. All right. Uh, here we go with Camden's misconception. Oh, Jordan's putting his computer at 45 degree angle. I will too. Active listening. Yeah. Great. Deep eye contact. <laughs> yeah, this is unsettling. <laughs> uh, Margaret, remember last week when you were bit by a snake? Nope. On the, epi- on the episode. Oh, I was? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, it hurt very badly. And you learned not to try to suck the venom out. Mm-hmm. Well, what were you supposed to do if you get bit by a snake? Go Jordan, you can also jump into here. hospital. Go to the yeah. hospital. So, 
We're picking up back in the Sonoran Desert, Jordan. I know you weren't in this experience before. Margaret was bitten by a snake. Mm-hmm. We're in the Sonoran Desert. We got to go to the hospital. Okay, I'm closing my eyes. Yeah. I'm visualizing. Um, imagine you, so you run back towards your car and you realize your car has been stolen. Oh, God. Yeah. Classic desert. Yeah. <laughs> desert thieves. Um, thankfully, though, there's another car next to it and the door is open. Oh, my goodness. What a boon. Yeah. So you yell for help, thinking the owner might be nearby. You wait for an answer. This is spooky. But they must be somewhere too far off on the trail. No one responds. No one comes running. Ghost car. Ghost car. The car's open, but there's no keys. What do you do? Hot wire it. Hot wire that (laughs) car. Hot box it. All right. Why can't it be both? Hot wire. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, we learned you're not supposed to mess with your body when there's venom inside of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize I'd still been... Okay. forgot about the snake bite. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Sorry. such a picture about yeah. the car. <laughs> I was so, right there with you. You got bit by a snake. You got you got to hot wire that car. Mm-hmm. Well, folks, I'm here to tell you, hot wiring a car. Not as easy as you'd think. Not as easy as you think. Nor... Nor... As possible as you could think. Really? Is it because of... No. Welcome Sorry, to <laughs> Hot Wiring a Car. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. I'm ready. Go ahead. Welcome to Hot Wiring a Car. Hold on. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I got it. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Thank you, Jordan. It was. So... First off, when I Googled how to hotwire a car, as we are, get it together. I can't. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we try to use reliable sources here mm-hmm. as people in the scientific community trying to spread strong scientific citations. Uh, the first resource when you search how to hotwire a car goes to askaprepper.com. Looks like I have a message. Anyway, <laughs> didn't choose askaprepper.com. Prepper.com did not seem reliable. Mm -hmm. Also seemed to be indulging some folks in some prepping, which not sure how I feel about. Just embrace the end of the world, everybody. Just, just. Yep. Embrace it. Um. So, part one of this misconception is that turns out that there is only a certain year of car that is hot wireable, um, which we're going to talk about more later. Um, but let's say you're in this desert and okay. you find it's a 1991 Honda Civic. This is a year where before they kind of made a lot of changes to the inner workings of a car. Mm-hmm. So you can hotwire it. How do you hotwire a car? Yeah, break the, it's not the glove box. It's like in the movies, it's always under the steering wheel and there's wires. Oh. That's what the movies show. I always pictured putting a bobby pin where the key goes. <laughs> Well, a credit act- card. <laughs> and that's picking a lock. I think it is picking a lock. I'm thinking about. No. You both are really close, and so this is going to be <laughs> when we have fun with you. Is just can you all kind of learn how to hotwire a car? Is this legal? Are we allowed? Oh, I'm sure I'm on a list. I searched every way to hotwire a car. Um, this comes from CarBibles.com, so maybe more reliable than AskAprepper.com. Um, so one thing to know about how an ignition works is that you're just completing an electric circuit when you put the key in. Mm-hmm. So 
you are essentially just completing an electric circuit between the battery and the ignition. Mm-hmm. Um, so hot wiring is just finding a way to complete an electrical circuit. And without a key, you don't have a complete circuit. So if you can imagine that. Um, so the equipment you need, what do we think we need to hotwire a car? Even if you're not sure how to do it. Piece of metal. Yep. No, no how. No, yeah. Moxie. Mox, elbow <laughs> grease. Uh, uh, what do they normally show people trying to jam into the ignition? Uh, I don't know how many movies you've seen. I don't really, um, like a like a hair or like a hair clothes gun. hanger. Yeah, that could work. Uh, screwdriver, mm-hmm. oh, the common screw flat driver. screwdriver. Okay. And then a wire stripper is going to be. I mean, I guess you can not. You don't need a wire stripper. It just might take a little more time without it. Mm-hmm. Um, also optional, as we're going to learn later, because this is probably a dangerous thing, electrical tape, insulated gloves, ah, uh, ah. and a ski mask, just a completely ensemble. Sure. Um, so number one, some cars are just old enough that you can jam a screwdriver in there and it's good to go. Whoa. You jam, jam the screwdriver in, turn it, completes the circuit, you're good. Oh, into the ignition. Yep. Straight into the ignition. We're talking like a 2019 Escalade that'll work for? No. (laughs) No. This, again, uh, all of these, it says, are generally before, if it's before the mid-90s, are potentially hot-wireable. Okay. Um, If that doesn't work, that's when it gets complicated. Jordan, you mentioned taking off the official thing called the steering column. Mm. Um, So you take the screws off, you remove that. There are dangling, well, I don't know if they're dangling, but there are wires. Uh, one controls the steering wheel itself. Uh, one controls like non-wheel things, like if there's like music going to the dash or oh, if there's like... You got music. Gotta, you got this, what's the point of having a turned on car if there's no music? You need the jam. <laughs> Wipers, that stuff. And then one is for the ignition uh, no, or another one's for the ignition. I learned that normally this wire is red, but that is not always the case. And it also said to consult the instruction manual, <laughs> which I love the idea of getting into the car and be like, first things first, get let's in the glove box. It. Let's read this like 300 page tome. <laughs> um, then this is the part where you could get electrocuted. Uh, said use rubber gloves. You strip the red wire or the wire you think goes through the ignition Strip those wires, and then you touch it to another one of the wires to complete the electrical circuit. Um, if there's a giant spark, you found the ignition. I don't and that, like in that, that case, you just want to touch them to each other once just to start the car, and then you, you can let it wrap go? the ends again, and you can let it go. You don't want them really dangling because if they touch each other, they could cause like a huge spark. Sure. Um, if it doesn't cause a huge spark, what will probably happen is like the lights will turn on like the dashboard will light up and you've like turned on one of, sweet jam. Yeah. And the music <laughs> will start okay. playing. It's the nineties. So like I'm imagining Britney Spears. Yeah. Britney Spears Cheryl starts Crow. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cheryl Crow. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. All of those start playing together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so definitely try to use electrical gloves. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But so that's how you hotwire a car basically. Great. Just strip some wires, touch them to each other, big spark, touch it once, no big spark. You probably turned on the lights in the dash. I can't wait till you're deposed in a court case <laughs> in the future. Uh, sir, where did you learn how to hotwire this car? Oh, 
Welcome to that. Well, now I was thinking too. It was like mid nineties. That's not bad. But now I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I'm sure I've not given enough technical details. They're like, he said, jam the screwdriver in. Here we go. Also, like mid nineties, that car is at least twenty years old now. Yeah. Which is kind of wild. So, like already, you're stealing a pretty old car. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, if you're in the desert with a snake bite. You, you gotta you go. You can't be choosy. So 2019 Escalade, you might be asking, why can't you hotwire new cards? I, you can try to answer this, unless. I, do you have a shot? Um, do they make the the wires are like way deeper or something? Yeah. Is that a technical term? Basically, now they have something called an immobilizer. I got this information from New Scientist, uh, which has a chip inside of it, uh, which requires this chip is what completes the circuit mm. is essentially I think what's going on. I'm sure someone listening to this car talk guys from heaven, other people are probably listening to this right now. Just like mm-hmm. mobilize is not that anyway, the chip I also learned is a 40 ish digit key. So like a 40 bit key, which 40 digits is not exactly the heart. It may be hard for us to guess that key, but mm-hmm. like if you have like sophisticated and like, machines i guess it was pretty easy to steal newish cars Mm. because they had 40-bit keys but now they've turned them to 128 keys oh yeah which is what most wi-fi like if you ever see on your wi-fi it'll say like aes 128 that's like the encryption method it has i learned that Mm -hmm. so in case you wondered (laughs) you might be able to steal like a 2000s-ish car because their mobilizers ran off those old 40-bit keys Classic. Um, I'll enter a laugh track there. Uh, <laughs> I have a 2002 Honda in the garage right now. Should we see if we can hotwire it? Yeah, we can move the go, microphones out there. I'm going to go get a, um, a screwdriver. <laughs> Just start jamming it into the ignition. Um, last thing here, I learned how bad would it be? Like, what are the dangers of this? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're electrocuted, like, how many volts are you getting? Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out that Typical car voltage, according to the Seattle Times. Hey. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no. Do it, do it again. Say, say it again. According to the Seattle Times, <laughs> they, you could get shock between five to 15,000 volts. Um, 15,000 being if you start to accelerate the car and oh. then like touch the wires to each other. And I looked up what in an AED defibrillator uh, sends, and that's 3,000 volts. So I'm imagining 15,000 is not something you want coursing through your no, body. No, no, no. Um, and then, of course, that's the physical danger, but then bearing the lead all the way. The spiritual danger. The spiritual <laughs> danger is you could go to prison. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, okay. And I learned another sub-misconception. Uh, which crime is worse, grand theft auto or carjacking? What is the difference? Well, I assume just from the popular video game that Grand Theft Auto is like... Really bad. It has the word grand in it. It's mm-hmm. like the worst thing you could do. It's so grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out what we described, just like stealing a car with no one around, mm-hmm. is Grand Theft Auto. Oh. Carjacking is when you are... Oh, you, there's a person driving it. Or like in or it. In like it. you have yeah. like forcibly like removed, removed them. them from it. You might There might be a weapon involved. Um, so it turns out carjacking is worse, which I did not. I thought Grand Theft Auto was like the worst thing you could do. Grand Theft Auto, 
It says most, of course, it depends by the state. So we're in the Sonoran Desert, looked up Arizona. Wow. Yep, went down that road. Yes, you did. Turns out about a year in prison. Okay. And carjacking faces larger fines and at least over a year in prison. There you go. What if you have a snake bite? Do uh, they let you off the hook? Uh, I don't know. They might let you still go to the hospital, though. You know, it's interesting because Chris was saying on the last episode that there's a misconception that you can, like, shock the venom out of you. Oh, yeah. So if you were driving a car and you got shocked, you st- it still would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd shoot on that, and that is interesting. It'd still be really bad. Be really, That's really it. Bad. Can't hotwire new cars, baby. Are the, like, if you, so say that you, like, somehow found a 1992 Honda Civic. Louis just The snoring skit. The snoring is intensified. Um, and you did, like, jam a, um, a screwdriver into the ignition. Could, like, I feel like you've done some damage to the car. Yeah, like, I don't would think Would you be able to a... use it again with, an, with a key? Yeah, I mean, like, I think this is like a, you need the car now, not yeah, like a, really this is my permanent then. way of using this car from okay. now on. Okay. Because also in the hot wire scenario, like, you've messed up the wires that this car, like, you've, yeah. you've, you've shorted the, like, circuit to mm-hmm. a different pathway. So, like, it's not. there's some fixing you got to do already. Yeah. Okay. Yep. There you well, go. Well, thanks, Camden. Yeah, you're welcome. I, won't go and hotwire those cars I was going to. Yeah, and just so everyone knows, because we prefaced it, they didn't know I was going to talk about it. When the police come for me, clearly, you are not accomplices. Yep. Nope. We're not accessories. Yep. Nice. Margaret, what you bring for us? All right. So, let's talk about... Actually, you know, I'm going to do a little intro like Camden did. So, you're in a desert, but you're not... In New Mexico, you're in, say, Africa. Whoa. You're in a desert in Africa. And you're just out there being real hot and sandy. And you hear this, like, galump, snoring. Galump, 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 galump. Wait, back up? What yeah. are we hearing? You're hearing, like, this galump, 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 galump. It's like the Hamburglar. Or, uh, <laughs> no, what's the purple guy? Grimace? That's, a, that's what I was picturing. <laughs> Um, and you're like, oh, what is that? And you look over and there's this nine foot tall animal there. Grimace. Who is it? No, (laughs) it's an... Giraffe. Ostrich. Ah. What do ostriches do when they're scared? Stick their head in the sand. That's what you would think, Camden. But because it's this podcast, you know that's not true anymore. Jordan liked that joke. (laughs) What? (laughs) Margaret and I make the same lame Thank joke you. every week. Thank you. Lame? I mean... I, I, I workshopped that. Oh. I held like a like a little focus group about that joke. They loved it. Um, it was just Louie. Louie and I talked about it. Um, snoring so deeply. Deepest so logs. I'm so jealous of his ability to just sleep. All right. So, yes, we're talking about ostriches. We're talking about them burying their heads in the sand. Guess what? They don't do that. So, let's talk a little bit about ostriches first. Great. Um, they're found in Africa. I think it's just Africa. In, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, in deserts and on savannas. 
They are omnivorous, so they love a good root, they love a good plant, they'll enjoy a little crunchy, tasty lizard or an insect from now and again. Quest love. I love the roots too. Jesus. Let's just have a moment of silence while Jordan thinks about what he's done. Um, <laughs> guess what? Here's an interesting thing. I, I will preface this by saying I learned a lot about ostriches. They're very cool. They're really cool. They're often overlooked, but they're really cool. They have really long intestines, I learned. They're oh. about 50 feet long. Now, how long are our intestines? I don't know. Kevin's looking it up. But they have longer than that. They have really long intestines in order to absorb the most nutrients possible. I imagine because they don't come across food a ton, so they want to make sure they make the best use of what they can find. They also don't have to drink water. They get hydration from the plants they eat. They can drink water, like if they find a watering hole, they can, but they don't have to. Um, Wait, you yeah. said they're nine feet tall. Yes. Holy cow! Yes. I don't think I realized an ostrich was that tall. Yeah. Um. Another kind of superpower that they have that I did not know about is they can raise their internal temperature on really hot days to keep themselves from losing water, which I don't quite understand. Because if, if you're really hot... Then you don't have to cool yourself down so much? Mm. I don't know why. Like if you match the, out, the ambient temperature outside, then you're... Retaining water. I don't know. You're less likely to lose water. I guess. Because... Sure. The difference? Whoa. Whoa, Anyway, they can raise their internal temperature to uh, keep from losing water. There are four subspecies of ostrich. Jordan, let's name them. The grand ostrich. Mm -hmm. Micro ostriches. (laughs) The great Pacific ostrich. Yep. And the grimace ostrich. Yes, great. The one you're talking about right now. Also known as the red-necked or North African ostrich, the Somali ostrich, Mm -hmm. The Maasai ostrich and the South African ostrich. Okay. So, very close. I think we were using the colloquial names. I think think the common names. Yeah, yeah. Um, They are the largest and heaviest bird in the world. If they're nine feet tall, how much do you think they can weigh? Well, they don't. I'm sorry. Yeah, they don't fly. Nope. Um, I mean, like a bald eagle is like 16 kilos, right? Yeah, but they're trying to fly. Yeah, I know. I was just trying to like extrapolate that's not helpful to me 600 i don't know wait i want to guess 100 nope 80 pounds nope 350 holy fifty <laughs> pounds nine feet tall they're also known as a camel bird um <laughs> well if you think about it i really did think about it and they do have really similar characteristics like you know camels have those really long eyelashes ostriches Ooh. also have really long eyelashes to keep the sand out um, they both can live in really harsh, harsh, hot conditions. Um, and they've got those big feet. Um, and speaking of those feet, they are great runners. So the fact that they only have two toes on each foot helps them run really quickly. I imagine much like a camel, it's about like trying to be on the sand and not sink into the sand. I'd imagine. Okay. I don't know exactly, but they can run up to 43 miles an hour. 43 miles an hour. That's Bad. so fast. Um, in short bursts. And then they can run at longer distances for, at a speed of like 30 miles an hour. So I think they can run for 10 miles at about 30 miles an hour. They can also go 10 feet in one stride. Like they, they really cover a lot of distance. 
Um, ostrich chicks can run almost 35 miles per hour after they've been alive for just a month. Like one month old ostrich chicks. Well, you got little to. tiny ostrich yeah. just flying around. <laughs> so, so cute. Um, but yeah, like you said, Kim, and they can't fly. Their wings serve as a way to balance themselves. They can hold them out for balance. And they also help with the ladies. Yeah, I, I won't. It's too, it's too much to get out. But yeah, that's the ladies. Um, so they use them for courtship displays. And I learned that ostriches are farmed for their feathers, for feather dusters. Like um, the old French dusters. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> like. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, they're farmed for their eggs, which are famously very large. Have you had an ostrich egg? No. Have you? Have you? No. Oh. No. I, they're big. I, I see them. I see. When I think of ostrich eggs, I think of them as an ingredient on chopped a lot. Yeah. They use that quite a bit. Um, they're also farmed for their leather and their meat as well, which I did not know. Bird leather. Bird, bird leather. Is that a thing? Other, I guess. Do we oh, have for other leather birds? of other birds? No. I don't know. I don't. Penguin leather boots. Penguin leather boots. Oh my god. That's what a villain would wear. Um, <laughs> anyway, so here's the thing. Let's talk a little bit about them in their heads being buried in the sand. So here are a couple reasons that they don't need to do that. One. Hot. It's hot. Embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Yes. It's embarrassing. Almost did a spit take. <laughs> it's embarrassing for them. Yes. They don't do it. They hate Ostriches famously hate being embarrassed, so they don't do it for that reason. But really, they can run really fast, so why would they want to stay in one place and put their head in the it's sand? It's such a vulnerable thing. Like, you can't yeah, see just like, anything. Keep my brain you below the sand. You can't see anything. Expose yeah. my long neck <laughs> and, <laughs> and giant body. Yeah, my vulnerable neck and my, giant my bird body. My meaty body to lions. Um, they, so they, they can run. If they're trying to escape a predator, they can run way faster than anybody else. So um, they also live in large groups and have really good vision. So they can see a predator coming for a ways off. So they can run if they need to with a lot of warning. Um, they also can't breathe. Like if they, if they stuck their heads in the sand, they couldn't breathe. Fair. Um, which is pretty important. Um, so their go-to protection method is to run away. However, their other thing that they can do is they can kick with their feet, which have claws on them. And apparently their kick is strong enough to kill a lion. Oh. Which is pretty badass. So. I have to bleep that out. Anyway. Um, (laughs) so they kick, they can run away. But I learned that if that's not possible, for some reason, if those two things aren't possible, Ostriches will play dead and lie on the ground because they're hoping the predator won't see them because, you know, with big savanna grasses and things like that. So they can lie on the ground. So they're playing dead or are they hiding? They're playing dead. But ostrich heads are light colored like the sand. And so from far away, it could possibly look like their heads are buried in the sand. If you're uh, far away. That's of where it came from. There's a couple, there's a couple different thoughts um the other thing that might be why people think that they've buried themselves in the sand they buried their heads in the sand is that they do dig nests in the sand for their eggs but it's not like they're creating tunnels they just like make a little nest ostrich tunnels and so they um they will turn the eggs a few times a day and like just check on them and things like that so 
it's possible that maybe someone saw them putting their head in their nest mm. and thought that they were trying to protect themselves. Um, but nesting ostriches wouldn't, would, would most likely run away from the nest to try to drive the predator away from the nest too. So they wouldn't even bury their heads in the sand for that. The original source of this rumor, I believe, is from 77 AD. Um, Pliny the Elder, if you've heard of him. Oh, yeah. The he, old has, guy. he has thoughts on everything. And he's really mean to ostriches. He's really, really mean. He wrote, um, quote, this is in his, I think it's called Natural History, I believe. So this is a quote from his writings about ostriches. Their stupidity is no less remarkable, for although the rest of their body is so large, they imagine, when they have thrust their head and neck into a bush, that the whole of their body is concealed, end quote. So he really had a low opinion (laughs) of ostriches. Um, So basically he's like, they're so stupid. They think that if they hide their heads in the sand, they hide their whole body. I know dogs that do that. Sure, but... Anyway, so it's not true. They don't. They have many other very cool defense mechanisms. Don't listen to Pliny the Elder. Oh, and my sources are National Geographic Kids. Ask a Prepper. Nope. How Stuff Works. Thejournal.ie, which is an Irish news site. And the San Diego Zoo. So thanks to those. Yeah, go ostriches. Good luck catching it. Were you making a joke? Yeah, that, laugh oh. track. All right, uh, Jordan. I'm trying to think of another Roots reference. <laughs> Jordan, tell us about things we don't know. Okay, before I start this one, Camden, can you play a clip from episode three? Yeah. Before we leave, I'd like to give our guests here a chance to plug something. Mm-hmm. Jordan? Yeah, everyone should use a bidet. <laughs> The rest of the world uses them. I don't know why America doesn't want to have a clean <laughs> In Doug's episode that I referenced earlier, mm-hmm. Doug said, and I quote, you guys started talking about me and the, uh, <laughs> sorry, not a quote yet. You guys, started, <laughs> you guys started talking about me in the, the, rock, paper, scissors thing, and Doug Rowski says, quote, Jordan has many things to teach us. Camden replies, yes, he really does. Direct quotes. I'm sorry, am I being (laughs) cross-examined? Yes, these are famous last words, because today I'm talking bidets. Oh my god. Bidets versus toilet paper. Oh my god. Misconception. America. And toilet paper. Oh, what a thesis. What a thesis. Yeah, speaking of thesis, so I'm getting my master's right now. And, you know, when you... You're getting your BS, bidet studies. (laughs) (laughs) One of the nice things about getting your master's is you get access to research, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Eric, just all, all the databases. So... I never dreamed that I would be spending precious time um, <laughs> searching for papers using the term bidet, mm-hmm. but here we are. Here we are. So hold on. Okay, go back. To your metaphorical butts. <laughs> so before we dive too deeply, I just want to name some of the titles I found Great. in a research database when I searched bidet. Tell me about it. Number one, 
survey of electric bidet toilet use among community dwelling Japanese people and correlations for an itch on the anus <laughs> from the Department of Preventative Medicine and Public Health. Wow. I, yeah. Number two, effect of electronic toilet system, parentheses bidet, sure. on anorectal pressure in normal healthy volunteers, influence of different types of water stream and temperature from the Journal of Korean Medical Science. Wow. Number three. Microorganism levels in spray from water bidet oh. toilet seats, factors affecting total viable and heterotrophic plate counts, and examination of the fluctuations and origins from the Japanese Journal of Water and Health. You can really, you know, kids, if you're ever thinking science is done, they've done whatever you can think of, no. Mm-mm. There's always some more you can A do. Great frontier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And last and most importantly, my favorite article I found during this process, the title, My Wife Wants a Bidet, Plumbing is the Glue that Holds a Marriage Together. This was on, this was through a paywall? A real article written by a real human named Mark from a real arts and leisure section from a real newspaper called the Saturday Evening Post. Where the first line begins, and I quote, (laughs) Whenever a delivery service leaves a cardboard box on our front porch, I know I'm in trouble, because it's usually something expensive that requires tools I don't have. On a recent Thursday night, Kathy and my in-laws were in our kitchen, ready for our weekly card party. What's in the box? I asked nervously, referring to a package on our kitchen counter. Ooh, I bet it's a bidet. I bet. It's a bidet. <laughs> wow, what what poetry? Mark, man. Mark. So quick history on bidets and toilet paper. Okay. Great. Okay. Here we go. Since the dawn of man, man has pooped. We've always thought of some Citation. creative ways. Citation needed. <laughs> We've always thought of some creative ways to deal with the after effects. Objects that have been used include. Oh. Coconuts, shells, snow, moss, hay, leaves, grass, corn cobs. How do you know about corn cobs? I don't know. I don't know why that is in my head. I just knew it. (laughs) Let's not delve into that. Of all the ones, is a corn cob. I also wait. Grass, snow, snow. (gasps) Oh, grass. Never mind. I won't get into the details of the mechanics behind it. Never mind. (laughs) Uh, the Romans used sponges and salt water, and after the invention of the printing press, people began using newspapers and magazines and papers from books. Great. Just ripping yes. them out. Oh. Yeah. Supposedly, the first toilet paper adjacent products that went into market were invented by a New York entrepreneur in 1857. Oh my god, that's so late. <laughs> yeah. It so is. For a bunch of years, yeah, they imagine. were just ripping out... <laughs> <laughs> like Tale of Two Cities. George Washington looks a little Bible. less uh, regal when you put it that way. <laughs> he, uh, so this guy, he created, this actually sounds really nice, aloe-infused sheets of hemp. Oh, it sounds so nice. And he marketed as prevention for hemorrhoids. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. 30 years later, so almost the 1900s, the Scott brothers, you know, the Scott brothers, mm-hmm. they're still around, the Scott well, not them, but... Oh. Yeah. No, they, they <laughs> discovered immortality. Just <laughs> and, That's the misconception. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's really what I want to talk about. 
They, uh, they were the first to put toilet paper on a roll and started selling it door-to-door to hotels and drugstores. Mm. Okay. Uh, TP didn't really take off until the majority of homes were built with indoor plumbing um, and sure. homeowners could no longer flush objects like a corn cob or <laughs> moss down the toilet. Oh, God. Today, the United States spends $6 billion on toilet tissue, more than any other nation in the world. On average, Americans use 57 squares a day and about what? 50 pounds per year. Wait, not to, but 57 squares a day? Mm-hmm. Squares are pretty small. 57? 57. Squares like? 57. Well, clearly someone in this house <laughs> doesn't use enough toilet paper. I'm gonna, I want to count now. Uh, I think we should all count and sure. text each other. All right, we'll count. I'll, I'll count. Well, I'm, I'm going to count. Great. <laughs> so Did any of you catch, besides Mark, in the titles of those articles mm-hmm. or research papers, did anyone catch like a theme from those? I heard bacteria. Like, yeah, measuring the like amount where of... The, like the, where the journals came from. Oh, Korea, oh, Korea Japan. Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about bidets now. So bidets are common throughout the world, everywhere mm-hmm. except the United States, mm-hmm. um, especially in Asian countries. Mm-hmm. So... Obviously, soaking in a bathtub was common practice for cleanliness uh, throughout human history, but bidets appear to have been invented by a French furniture maker in the late 17th century. Oh, that's a lot. Wow. With the earliest written reference to a bidet being written in 1726. Wow. The bidet was literally just a fancy porcelain bowl sitting next to the toilet. Okay. So you just uh, go ahead. Go ahead. You can, no, ahead. You can picture it. Everyone, you close your eyes. Put your All right, head close your eyes. In the okay, you're in the countryside of France. Oh, so oh. the year is 1720. Cameron, close your eyes. Oh, sorry. 1726. Yikes. Mm-hmm. You're worried about oh. being a woman. Being a woman, <laughs> being rich, getting your head chopped off, dying of. Like a Everything. Cough. You ate a uh, baguette. <laughs> and brie. Tell me I ate brie. Some brie yes. for lunch. Yeah. There's a little bit of mold. You're probably fine. <laughs> it's time to go to the bathroom. You walk into the bathroom. Not with the amount of brie I ate. There's a toilet <laughs> and there's a bowl of water. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, open your eyes. Wait, I thought you were walking through that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a family show, Margaret. I jumped. I jumped shit. <laughs> Um, Check it out. I can't do it. So they were really popular in France at the time. Napoleon commanded his men to use them after long rides. Sure. He even bequeathed one in his will. Two. So if you search, I literally looked it up to make sure. You can look up Napoleon's will, and it is in there. I don't remember who he bequeathed it to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a weird lie. The invention really spread once it wasn't just stagnant water. Um, sure. So once hand pumps were invented, and then eventually pressurized water pumps. Mm-hmm. Today, bidets are considered standard in almost 80% of the world. Wow. Whoa. So then I started to look at the cleanliness stuff. Mm-hmm. So misconceptions around like cleanliness yeah. of bidets. 
So research was conducted on almost 300 electric bidet toilets at a university hospital, sampled for contamination, and swabs were cultured from the water nozzles and the toilet seats. Great. Findings uh, from the water nozzles contaminated at a rate of 87%. So, kind of high. Mm-hmm. Uh, Staphylococcus, Streptococcus, all the common bacteria you would assume are around that area were there. Mm-hmm. Um, Great. It was equal to on. the, but here's the thing, it was equal to the amount of bacteria found on the toilet seat. So, that's why the toilet use it. seat has got that stuff on it. That's why I always push really hard against the walls of the stall and like, hover. So you don't have to... You hover? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so here's the catch. Bacteria exists in every bathroom, right? right. So if you're... Like, your toothbrush has bacteria on it. Um, so your good. toothbrush is home to more than 100 million bacteria, according to researchers at the University of Manchester. But we put caps on our toothbrushes. Yeah. That's a smart call. Thank you. Because these researchers recommend you do not leave your toothbrush in the bathroom, or you should cap it and yeah, clean it. we did. Yeah, we good. do. Hooray. Okay, good. Also, the British Center for Disease Control uh, did research and found that almost 80% of common infections are actually spread by hand. Um, 92% of Americans say they believe it's important to wash their hands after using the restroom. You want to take a guess how much, how many Americans, what percent actually wash no, their hands? So no, 92, 92% say 92% they do. 92% say they do or say it's important. How much, what percent actually Please do? Please don't let it be lower than 50. Well, half the country is skeptical about vaccines, so I trust no one. 65%. Yeah, 66. Holy crap, Oh, my God. Even. So wash your hands, people. Wash your hands. Um, 20 seconds. Also, I think the lesson there is don't shake people's don't hands. Don't ever touch anyone, ever. So, like, a bidet company's, like, uh, rebuttal to the jet nozzle thing mm-hmm. is it's equal to the toilet seat gotcha. bacteria. Mm-hmm. And also, bidet owners are getting less of their hands down in that business. Mm. So really, washing your hands is mm. vital to the spread, and bidets are limiting the amount of hand mm. contact. With bacteria. Mm. So really, the other countries, too, that, like, kiss on the cheek is, like, more sanitary than, like, a yeah. handshake. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You start headbutting people and say, welcome them yeah. into my house. Yeah. So the thing that came up uh, when we were talking last time about bidets... <laughs> Mm-hmm. was and we did pose this question was I think you asked Margaret um, is is it more eco-friendly mm-hmm. so you're like well you're actually wasting water yeah right yeah. so what's yeah what's the answer to that and similar to you Camden I did find there's a scientific American um, like a ask the editor kind of thing like mm-hmm. ask the scientist mm-hmm. but then in that question and answer they just cited at like a tree hugger website oh, oh. who did the calculations so i didn't count it but there yeah. are a couple people who have tried to do the calculation on online okay. yeah and i don't know i just didn't trust it and i'm not saying i'm an expert and this is probably wrong but just for fun i tried to do the calculations on this Ooh, a fermi so, estimation here we go yes it's fermi's paradox yeah. here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um so okay i'm gonna try and do the math on this okay Yay. don't fact check me don't at me if you're driving the car do not bring out a notepad. Wait till you get home. Yes. On average, Americans go through 57 squares of toilet paper per I day. I refute that so hard. Get out. The average 
I'm gonna I'm gonna assume two ply for this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. The average two ply toilet paper roll has 500 squares. Great. So individually, we go through a roll every 8.77 days. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's 41 rolls per year. Okay. It costs between 12 and 37 gallons of water to produce a single roll of toilet paper. Mm -hmm. So let's take the median, let's say uh, 25. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. 25 gallons to make a roll of toilet paper. Mm -hmm. So as an individual, if I use toilet paper, it will be using just over a thousand gallons of water per year. Okay. Not including flushing, just the production of, yeah, of your TP. Yeah. Not even okay. thinking about transporting the TP to your yep. place. Yep. Yeah. Um, a bidet user on average will use three to six squares of paper to dry. Okay. okay. Um, although some do have the drying function, I'm doing the calculation without that because sure. I didn't want to get into like electricity. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Unless hair dryers exist. So, so let's say <laughs> conservatively. Let's just say conservatively, because I feel like three to six is a low amount. I just said um, like 12 to 14 squares in a day, mm -hmm. which is about 10 rolls of TP per year. Mm -hmm. So okay. a day user, let's say they use 10 rolls of TP per year. Mm -hmm. That's a difference of about 750 gallons of water just from switching to a bidet versus using toilet paper. But how much water does a bidet, bidet user yeah. Yeah. Okay. use? Yeah. Yep. On average, a spray of water from a bidet uses one-eighth of a gallon. So let's just say half a gallon per day, or about 180 gallons per year. All added, that results in almost 600 gallons less water from a bidet owner. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Then I looked into the trees. Mm -hmm. um, so TP does come from tree pulp. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, it's hard to find a concrete information on the number of trees that we use for our toilet paper, but one calculation I found put it at about 380 trees in a lifetime of toilet paper use. Wow. Wow. Ooh. That's the end of my math section. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll try to add in some math music. What's math music? Scribble, scribble, scribble. <laughs> oh, that's not music. <laughs> Wait, play that beat. <laughs> Click, click, click. That's typing into a calculator. Jordan's math section. <laughs> we'll, we'll put that in the right order. To end, I think Mark, the brilliant writer of the brilliant article, oh, yeah. My Wife Wants a Bidet, Plumbing is the Glue that Holds a Marriage Together, <laughs> summarizes bidets in a really interesting way. He says, I knocked on the door. Cat? You all right? Is it working? The door opened, and there stood Kathy. I like it, she said and smiled. I admit. <laughs> I'm just reading this so in yeah. passion. Jordan is like, this so is, Jordan is reading with this with the passion of an author who's like introducing a quote from their new book. Like, yeah. that is... The amount. Oh, he's adjusted right. his glasses. Okay, we're here for it. Okay, yeah, yeah. And Kathy wears glasses. <laughs> Bring it back in. You don't know. I like it, she said and smiled. I admit, I'd like it better if it shot up warm water. <laughs> <laughs> it's not where I thought I was going. <laughs> because that blast of cold water is sure going to wake you up in the winter morning.
but you like it. I love it, she said. And I know it was a lot of hassle for you, so thank you, Sparky. (laughs) She reached out her arms and hugged me. So yes, it was worth it for both of us. My God, I'm crying. <laughs> so beautiful. Oh my God. So beautiful. Sparky. Water on your butt saves a marriage. That's what I learned from Jordan today. <laughs> I also hope every episode you're on from now on is just you coming back and me like, I'm banging the drum of a bidet. America's still not there, so here I go again. <laughs> And if you can brace work. I will never rest until 80% of us use the days. You and Sparky are back on for the next episode. (laughs) Thanks, Jordan. Oh, Jordan. That was amazing. (laughs) Thank you. I did not, I had not, I don't think, okay, I'll do the, I'll, you know what, next episode, I'm going to let you know how many squares of toilet paper I use a day. I'm going to let you know. America, you heard it here first. That's how you bring listeners back. Yeah. Yeah. Next time. And you, you can too, Camden. Yep, I'll start counting. Well, let's let's start. Everyone count. Well, we're gonna count. Let's all count. Yeah, tweet at us. Hashtag squares for squares. Squares for squares. (laughs) Uh, Hashtag conserve America. No. Hashtag Jordan's bidet. Tell us. Hashtag save Sparky's marriage. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Tweet at us your number of squares used per week. Winner gets a shout out. On the next episode. Where should they tweet? Uh, tweet us at Instagrammed. This Don't pee on your leg. Or two birds once gone. Yeah, you can comment on our Instagram page. Yeah. yeah. We Do we have a Twitter? We don't have a no. Twitter. No. This is becoming a real thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't have a Twitter. Joke. We don't have a Twitter. But you, you guys can. are going to. <laughs> <laughs> yep. On Instagram, on Facebook. Tweet at Jordan Prosca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, we'll see who wins. Thanks, Perfect. Jordan. Um, all right. Well, before ending each episode, we thought we would have a short segment on something that we've been consuming, reading, listening, watching, etc. But today, Jordan has brought to us a special feature that he's going to tell us, and it's a game. Yeah? Uh, it's a game about fleas? Yeah, I kind of lied to you about the game part oh, to make like you let me do this. Will... We can make it a game, though. Well, you don't have to. Okay. The game... Is called Fast Flea Facts. Ooh. And I'm going to state a Fast Flea Fact. And you can play along at home. You tell me if this is a real Fast Flea Fact or not. Okay. All right. Well, okay. I am if keeping score. This is like score. a scientifically verified Fast Flea Fact. Okay. Tweet at them. Fast flea, hashtag Fast Flea Fact. Hash, hashtag Fast, fast flea, flea Facts. Fact. Yep. Okay. okay. Background ready. information. We had fleas in our house from Louie about... Yep. Starting about a month ago, and I've never had fleas before in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. So I've learned a lot about fleas. Yes, Okay. Yes. Here we go. Is this a fast flea fact? Fleas are the common name for over 2,000 subspecies of blood-sucking insects. They are parasitic, feeding exclusively on blood of a host to aid in their reproductive life cycle. True. Well, we got to count it down. How are, how are we oh. supposed to know who wins? I was going to say true also. Good. I'm glad you guys are pretending this is a game. This is good. Okay, you're like making rules. It's true. Yes. Hey. Fleas can be active year-round, but are most present in the spring and the fall. Three, two, one. True. 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 Are these all going to be true? You may notice 
please, first in your house, when your dog jumps on your bed, when he's not supposed to be on your bed, but you think he's so cute and you start rubbing his cute little tummy <laughs> and then you look down and there's fleas all over his tummy. True. Three, two, one. True. True. No, that's not a scientifically backed no. fact. But you experienced it. Anecdotal evidence is still evidence. Oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> fleas can jump vertically seven inches and horizontally up to 200 times their body length, making them one of the best jumpers of all known animals relative to their body size. Three, two, one. True. It's true. Hey, take the lead. A flea's exoskeleton (laughs) seems completely smooth, but is really covered in tiny hairs that point away from the flea's head. Their flattened bodies and these backward-pointing hairs make it easy for fleas to crawl through their host's fur, but if something tries to dislodge them, the hairs act like tiny Velcro anchors. I feel sick, but here we go. Three, two, two, one. True. True. So the fleas will be on your dog's stomach. And they're going to be hanging on with these crazy Velcro hairs. hairs. Mm -hmm. And your wife will start screaming, and you'll start screaming, and you'll panic, (laughs) and your dog won't even notice, and it's 10 p.m. on a work night, so you run to Walmart because it's the only store open, and you're panicking, and you buy $30 of random flea products, and you come home, and you bathe the dog, put the topical gel on his neck, you spray the stuff on the carpets, and you vacuum until 1 a.m., and you think you took care of the flea problem. Three, two, one. True. True. But it's not scientifically backed. So but it's false. sadly true. But it the is entire true. flea cycle, from egg to larva <laughs> to pupa to adult, can take anywhere from a few days until a month. Eggs can hatch in as little as two days. Oh. A female, after drinking blood, can lay up to 20 eggs at a time. That's true. Oh, two, two, one. True. So two days later, (laughs) fleas come back. You didn't think they would come back, but man, did they come back. Because of those eggs. You've never had fleas on a dog before in your life, but here they are, and they are back, but you're an environmentalist, and you don't want to use harsh chemicals in your yard or in the house, so you start to look up non-toxic ways to rid the fleas, and people tell you, use diatomic earth. You sprinkle this powder all over... You wait 24 hours, and it's supposed to dry the flea eggs. You even spray vinegar solutions, and you lay down eucalyptus leaves, because you read that online. (laughs) (laughs) True or false? That's three, two, one, true. Some people are allergic to fleas. When bitten, their body releases an increased amount of histamine. Oh. Yikes. Three, two, Two, one, true. true. So it turns out <laughs> your wife is allergic to fleas. Oh, no. And boy, do they love her. She wakes up with bites all over, huge swollen red welts. Oh my God. And the natural remedies are not working, like, at all. They do not care about eucalyptus leaves. <laughs> they are not scared of them. Three, two, one, true. During treatment, a pest control professional will excuse you and your pets from the home for a period of a few hours. For maximum efficacy, a residual flea control product of choice will be used. The active ingredients will have two long-lasting components to help you control and break the flea cycle. Adulticide, designed to kill adult fleas. Adulticide. Insect growth regulator, only affecting developing fleas. 
any larval stage of flea that comes into contact with the growth regulator will be unable to develop into an adult, thereby interrupting the reproductive life cycle. Yikes. Hmm. Three, two, one, true. true. Oh, you're still playing the game. Yeah. Sure. I'm taking this one to <laughs> so the So you end up calling an exterminator and booking a hotel for a night just to get a quiet rest without being attacked by a bunch of fleas. Before you leave, you have to make sure you don't bring any fleas with you to the hotel. So you wash the dog and you put him in the car. Then you strip down to your underwear <laughs> while sitting in the garage and you wait for your clothes to wash in the laundry. You've oh reached God. a very unique moment in your life. Some exterminator guy is outside spraying the lawn, and you're sitting next to a 2002 Honda Accord waiting for your underpants to dry. Three, two, one. <laughs> Three, two, Come one. On, true. Yeah, that's true. That's so weird. Some preventative measures to make sure fleas do not come back include washing your dog with Dawn dish soap. Oh. Also, um, giving your dog a prescription medication, vacuuming all carpets, especially areas where your pet sleeps, yep. and putting all bedding in the laundry each morning. Three, two, two one, true. Because you said that generally it's really good at squishing them mm-hmm. in dawn. So now you've been beaten down to a shell <laughs> of your former self <laughs> by a group of resilient fleas. They've won every battle. <laughs> They have you sleeping on a plastic blow-up mattress in the kitchen. (laughs) Oh, my God. You live in a constant state of fear. You also don't have any pillows or couch cushions in your house anymore. You basically spend all your waking hours vacuuming or doing laundry. You'll start to have fever dreams where you wonder if the fleas are starting to control you and have taken over your thoughts and that they're actually creating this list right now. (laughs) Oh, no. <laughs> Three, two, one, one true. true. Uh-oh. Last fast flea fact. Fleas are good. Just let them live in the house and bite you. <laughs> All hail fleas. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think whether we get this point right or not determines whether Jordan has become infested. Three, two, one, true. 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 <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Oh, oh, flea, Jordan. I'm so sorry. Well, that was truly something that has been consuming Jordan this week. (laughs) And Louis. And his life. It has been consuming them. Yeah, we normally do a a, what have you been consuming, but we should also offer up what What has been been consuming consuming you. you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, Jordan. Well, best of luck. And we're sitting at his house, so. They're gone. Best of luck to you. (laughs) (laughs) You. You are now part of this. <laughs> the curse has been passed. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening today. You can hear more content like this from our Sister Wife podcast. <laughs> Wait, for more like this from U to O. The show U to O, hosted should by you? Margaret. Should you listen to it, probably yeah. after this one. Go ahead. Yeah. And Other Scientific Misconceptions is a podcast produced by Two Birds, One Scone. Articles, blog posts, meatless Monday recipes, and more about what you can do every day to conserve our environment can be found at twobirdsonescone.org. Our original music is by Camillo. If you have scientific misconceptions that you'd like explained or just want to provide feedback to us, 
please email us at don'tpeeonyourleg at gmail.com. Also, we're now available on all, I think all, um, podcast platforms. So true. like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Have, Have a, a great, great week. 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 <laughs> Good. I'm all black. hail, please. <laughs>